All right, Mike. Ch- oh, there you go. All right, we are once again ready for class. This is the Culture Academy podcast. Class is in session. Episode number nineteen. We almost had a dubski. I'm so excited about that. A uh, little brief hiatus, but we got a lot of good things to talk about. There has been so much happening in the world lately that has just been fucking hilarious to me. I mean, the the gods that are basketball, not basketball gods, fucking NBA. Entertainment gods. The entertainment gods shine so bright when it comes to certain things, such as old rappers versus new rappers. Yo, man, you got to love that shit, yo. I, I, feel like, I feel like every time we go on a little hiatus, that's when we get the most news. Oh, yeah, especially when it comes to old rappers versus new rappers. Yo, man, let's get right into that shit, man. It was it, it was, it was, it was, your favorite guy. Yes, my favorite rapper. Uh, okay, so if anybody's not aware, we'll just so defend, So defend your guy I, or, or, hey, or make a case against your we'll, guy. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. So we're going to talk about it. So let's just give him some, some backstory here, some background information. So if you guys are not aware, Joe Budden has been working at Complex. Over the, he's actually a permanent working at Complex. He's with DJ Academics. They have a show called Everyday Struggle. Yes, I, I, I like that look for Joe. I think it's a good look for Joe. I think Complex uh, Magazine definitely needs to get some on th- uh, some uh, authenticity up in there and somebody who's going to pull no punches, so I like it. Yeah, and it seems to work out for both parties because, number one, it works out for Joe in terms of his, his goal. He wants to do this media shit, and I think he's perfect for it, and it works out for Complex in terms of they got more hits than they've ever gotten since he's been there. So, exactly. Yeah, definitely. So it's definitely a good look for both of them. So more or less, if you, again, if you guys are not aware of his fucking hilariousness, you need to look it up. So again, Everyday Struggle with DJ Academics, uh, Joe Budden Show. They kind of have a Skip, Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith first take type format. I'm, I'm not really a big fan of that type format because you're basically stealing it. But, you know, it is what it is. Basically, what they go on there and do is they argue pop culture. With a rap, pretty girl in the middle. Pop of it. culture That's topics it. with the nice little Latina. Uh, beauty sitting between them so I understand the approach exactly so they do the same exact thing so they they have been talking about hip-hop hip-hop itself now mind you there's such a huge gap in DJ academics and Joe Budden's age that it really doesn't balance out as in they argue a lot about certain certain things such as newer rappers now mind you Lil Yachty they've had a conversation about Lil Yachty prior about being a new rapper and his obviously influence on the game and the type of music. And this was made. all fair. And it was all fair. Now, if you guys are not aware of the label that Lil Yachty and these other rappers, Lil Uzi Vert and all these other rappers have, they are, they're considered quote unquote mumble rappers. Um, no, 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 not quote unquote. That's what the fuck they do. They mumble <laughs> and we don't know what the fuck they say. And they mumble rappers own that category, own that lane. Y'all made it, own it. Yep. So along with other people such as 21 Savage, who I haven't heard from in a while and Kodak Black, who seems to be bubbling up. Um, Shout out to Kodak. He in jail. Free Kodak. I'm not going to lie. Uh, that beat on that one joint that he has, uh, Tunnel Vision is Tunnel hard. Vision is nice. Yeah, it's That nice. beat is hard. I don't fuck with the songs. Yeah, he got another record out now with uh, with Plies, I think, called Real Hitter. They just dropped that record. But yeah, produ- shout, out shout out to the production then. Shout out to the production team. Shout out to shout out to Kodak. I know the last time I said fuck Kodak when I was on something on one. But, you know, oh, wait, wait, wait. wait. So, so, so are you taking that back now? Am I taking it back? Chill, chill. I got to save my political connection. Chill, okay, chill, okay. Chill, chill. I like that. But, okay. That's not the here no there. <laughs> so, they had Little Yachty on the Everyday Struggle show. 
So Joe Budden and, and DJ Academics, who I want to find out if it's a real fucking DJ or not, but that doesn't matter. They had little Yachty on and they were discussing issues, whether it be hip hop issues unrelated to Yachty or even certain issues related to him, record deals, things of that nature. Right. You guys are not aware of the memes that went around, which made some of the greatest memes ever. Yo, I love the internet. <laughs> I love the internet. Right. So basically, the memes that went around was... It was from a portion of the interview. The interview was about 50 minutes long. It was about 46 minutes, somewhere along those lines. Um, and it was a great interview. I think it was. Great I thought interview. it was a fantastic interview. That's one thing I would definitely want to take my hats off to Joe Buttons and also um, academics to a certain extent as well. For, for even though it did get heated in there, they did ask some solid questions. And shout out to Yachty for also stepping into the lion's den because he said he knew the type of environment that he was showing up to. But he felt that, you know, as a man and as an artist, why not show up and defend myself? Exactly. So, really, as soon as they got there, the first 10 minutes was just fucking crazy. They were just going You, you could tell that Joe was waiting, that he was chomping at the bit, and that he had some things that he had to get off his chest. You could just tell from the way that he looked as soon as the camera started rolling. Right. So, just like I said, the, the interview itself was fucking crazy. It was insane. Um, so more or less what happened here, just to give you guys some backstory. They started talking about, of course, Little Yachty as a rapper. Now, here's where the really discrepancy gets in. You're looking at rappers who are um an older rapper. So from an older generation, Joe Budden is he's approaching his forties, I believe. He's like 37, 38. Right. Yachty's half of him. Yeah, Yachty's 19. So, you know, they're they're over here having conversations and they're over here talking about the actual, um, like his music and his influence on the genre, even brought up things such as the DJ Ebro interview where they were talking to Yachty about uh, whether or not, you know, obviously to, uh, he, you know, listens to Tupac and Biggie and considers them as influences. So honestly, when you have an older rapper and an older statesman such as Joe Budden and the, any other statesman, not just that, because you can even include Ebro and Funk Flex in that category, you know what kind of questions are really going to come. And can I just say, Damn, they really came. Joe Budden just went straight in. He just he, he really went straight in. And I would definitely agree with you by putting Joe Buttons in that same category of what um I guess we would consider now the elders of hip hop. These guys who when um you know when I mean more so Ebro and uh and Buttons is probably, you know, more the nineties, uh early thousands era. Flex, he old as dirt. <laughs> Been around for forever. But yeah, I definitely agree with you on that, man. That's why I even think that it's a big, big shout out to Yachty for even showing up because everybody else in that mumble rap category, they're not showing up for interviews like that. Yep, exactly. So, and again, this interview, it went the way that it went. Now, as a fan of Joe Budden, I'm a huge fan. You know this. It's well done. Yes, yes, facts. Huge fan I of Joe I think you went and saw him when he came out here to Tampa. So, oh, Joe, yes, we showing love. So, when you come to Tampa, you got to come on the podcast. Definitely. He was cool people. He was one of those genuine artists. That's why I fucks with Joe Budden. But, um, okay. So, he has he asked these questions to Yachty. The questions that he asked, I'm not sure if anybody really wants to hear. You disagree with me on that. I mean, I, I think. I don't I, think I personally care much about Yachty's 360 deal. I mean, I don't think that. I think. I think the questions that he asked, people people definitely wanted to people wanted to know maybe not so much your um your common fan who only cares about, you know, can I shake my ass to the music? But I think the people who actually care about the culture and, you know, want to see this thing 
called hip hop that we care so much about continue to move forward? And they, I think that they was very interested in some of those questions to see, you know, what the youth and these guys supposed to, you know, carry the torch of this shit to kind of see where his head, where his head was at. And after Joe asked some of those questions, we saw that, you know, in some aspects, <laughs> you know, he, he seems to have a good grasp on things. And in other aspects, he seems to not know what the fuck is going on. So I think it was good to kind of see those uh, chinks in the armor. Well, it seems like he did not know what the fuck was going on in general because his, his exact response when he asked him about a 360 deal, does he know what type of deal he has? If his 360 deal says, I don't know. Yeah, that's a bad response. That's a terrible that's response. That's a terrible response. And see... And that's a big topic, and it has been a big topic um, in the in the hip hop game, especially, but also you know in, in the music industry as well. Is that now since the decline of album sales due to you know this beautiful thing we call the internet and streaming and everything like that, that that's how the label is able to recoup a lot of that money that they invest in some of these artists is that they have their hands in every single thing the artist does. So that's what we that's so people are curious to know that. But for you to be an artist and say you don't know whether you have a 360 deal or not, I don't know if you're just playing up and thinking that it's cute to be stupid or if he legitimately did not know. Right. And just in case you guys are not aware of what a 360 deal is, uh, more or less just to not get into too much of the legal part of it, a 360 deal is basically saying that the label agrees to provide funding for certain things such as touring and art and albums and things of that nature. And the label gets rights to make any type of income that the artist makes that's not music related. So what that means is if I'm a rapper and I get a Coca-Cola commercial, or I'm out there doing something else and I'm getting money from it, the label gets a part of that. So it was really, from what I understand, it was really big uh, by Leo Cones who, who made that uh, deal a success. Now, I don't think they exist as much nowadays, but it was basically an, an artist, you got fucked. Anytime you got your royalties taken away, you were screwed. From but the just, very beginning. Uh, but I think just so that, you know, you want to be factual and we don't want to um, discredit anybody. I do I do believe that Yachty did, did get a pretty bang-up deal on the publishing. So I do believe that he has the rights or has a pretty good percentage of the rights of a lot of his music. So he should be eating all right if the music is selling. I don't know how the whole stream shit works. They say you got to do a buttload of streams to even make a buck. Yep. So, yeah, and I agree, and I agree but, uh, with that. But my thing is, okay, so when they're asking questions about the 360 deal, I care about it, you care about it, the common fan doesn't. So when you start adding things like that, you're asking questions about a 360 deal, and you start asking questions about older hip-hop and what do you feel about hip-hop. Now, mind you, the fact that he says, you know, basically, what do you think your influence of hip-hop is going to be or something along those lines, or how does hip-hop, hip-hop influence you? And Yachty's answer was, I don't know. No, he had asked Yachty, he said, what do you want to get out of hip-hop? And, and Yachty said, I don't know. Terrible fucking Yeah, that answer. was a terrible answer. That was a very disappointing answer to hear since this is how, you know, because he alluded to in the interview as well that, you know, I want to be bigger than hip-hop. I like doing more things than just rapping and everything like which that. Which you should. And which you should, and I don't have any issue with, with nobody doing that. But... I have an issue when you when you say that you don't know if you want anything, you don't know what you want from hip hop. But I'm like, but this hip hop thing, this rap thing, is what gave you the platform to do all the other things that you want to do. Right. So for you to have said that you don't know what you want out of it, you don't know, um, you know what hip hop has really generated for you. It was kind of a, a sad answer. I kind of wish he would have answered it on another, asked it on another level, kind of asked him, um, 
what do you expect to put into it? What did you put into hip hop so that when you gone, you know, what did you give to it? But um, uh, but I don't know if Yadi, um, I don't know if the, if the elevator goes all the way to the top floor. <laughs> in, in, in some regards, you know, because you know, some people can be a genius in music, a genius in marketing, but you can ask them a a a, a deep question and they don't even know what you're even talking about. Well, Yachty was more well spoken than I thought he would be. Yeah, man, the kid is definitely a bright kid, and he's a well spoken kid. But um, but he definitely seems to be uh, naive in some aspects of it. But then again, how, how mature do you want the kid to be at 19? Right. Who has the whole world eating out of the palm of his hand? <laughs> you know, so. Because he's happy, man. But th- I want to ask this. With these guys being so, because to me, I believe that music transcends generations. I agree. That's how you still have people talking about people from the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, etc. I agree. So when, so when you kind of say, so so Joe Button stood up there and said, well, I kind of felt bad that Ebro and Flex was asking you about Biggie and Pac and them. I don't really feel that those was bad questions, though, because I do. But how? Because the, maybe they did. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't like a direct influence on you musically and how you made your sound creatively or what have you. And you had your own artist that you looked up to. He said Little B was his was his what he believed was his favorite rapper of all time, <laughs> which is which is. Which is cool if that's what you like to each his hey, own. Go for it. But for you to kind of like shame and not even and act like you don't know the the guys who paved the way for you to do this, that's kind of a slap in the face to the culture. Well, I'm you, gonna tell you why I don't. I I agree with him about they shouldn't be asking them questions like that. And this is from somebody. Let's just give some backstory as much as myself because obviously I I MC I make music as well, but I'm a younger person. I'm around the same area as little. Um, Little Yachty and those rappers from 25 yeah. years old. I My favorite rappers' influences... Now, mind you, I know who Tupac and Biggie are. My favorite influences are different than Tupac and Biggie. I may know who they right. are, but fine. they're different. But the thing is... But you would have on the radio and disrespect them. But He said that was a mistake. But the thing is, certain rappers, for example, I'll give you a, a great example of that, would be um, Run DMC and NWA. Okay, good. Huge... Huge Contrast. impacts, right? Sure. Huge impacts on hip hop in general. Run DMC being really the first blowing up in anybody, whether it be and mind you, they were younger, so uh, they were in a younger time with right, being right, the eighties. Right. Uh, being they were marketing to not only black people, which hip hop was mostly at that time, but they were transcending into white people, they, yeah, they were, Spanish they, they, people. They were they transcending were, and breaking barriers. They were, yeah, exactly, they were bigger than the world. Run DMC, NWA, their huge impact on gangster rap and obviously hip hop in general. Those are not my influences, right? But do you? But because you know who they age. are. I know, I know who they are. Little Yachty knows who they were. He just says he wasn't influenced by them. I can respect that because that's the truth. He's 19 years old. The people he grew up listening to is probably Nelly. Uh, he said Soldier Boy in, in one of his interviews. Uh, yeah, little little and, B. Those and, are people he and, knew. And with that, and with that, I can definitely agree and connect with because um, you know that's fair. Because given the time period that he was born and given the the environment that he grew up in, because um, he's from he's from he's from the south, ain't from Atlanta. I believe so. So I mean, they're not really playing Biggie Smalls. I don't believe unless you unless you in a certain section of Atlanta, or you just really have a hip hop head around you. Um, so I think that you know regionally and geographically that played a part into it. But overall, man, I res- again I respect Yadi for stepping into the lion's den, and I respect Joe for asking the tough questions. Um, even though in the, during the interview, um, he did come across as, um, uh, you know, 
the old mean guy neighbor dude who says, get the hell off my lawn and shit like that. <laughs> so he did come across as the old bitter dude, but I respect the interview, man. Sometimes you got to ask the tough questions to kind of, um, to try to get those tough answers. And I do agree with Joe, man. Yachty is media trained. Cause some of those answers he was given was just were so, definitely media trained. So media trained. It was definitely right down the middle, not to step on anybody's toes. But and I, I love like, that part of the interview. He says, I don't want to discredit those guys. Why the fuck not? Yeah, let me ask you. It's competition. You, let, let me ask you. Let me ask. Let me ask the class how they feel about when he said, I can't say that I'm better than them because it's all love. And he was basically shying away from the competition. So now what's being the culture academy? We definitely have to address him bitching up. And that's the same thing they're doing in the NBA. These guys, they don't want to go against each other. They want to play with each other. So I call it bitching up. And not really wanting to compete. So, how do you feel as an MC? And he rapping, talking about some. I can't even say that I'm the best mumble rap guy out here. I have a problem with that. <laughs> Thank you. And I'll tell you why I have a problem with that. And now, mind you, again, I'm a part of this younger class, but I don't. I'm more of an older head mindset. So, the reason I wanted to get into hip hop myself was because I'm competitive. I want to be better than you. Whoever's at the top, Drake, I'm coming for your head. You know, I want to be better than you. Those are that's my motivation. And that's a lot of these older rappers motivations. I know that these younger kids think differently. And that's the problem because you brought up the NBA. That's a good comparison. A lot of these people want to, you know, back in the, the 80s, 90s, those people wanted to beat each other. And then nowadays they want to play again with each other. It's the same with hip hop because we live in such a world right now that if you say anything, you're going to get fucking killed for it. Right. That's the problem that I have is because let's take a look at a perfect example of that to go the other way. Because you could be somebody like Kendrick and go on control and send, call rappers out by name and says, I want to murder you. I want to make sure your fans never heard of you. And then people are like, oh, I can't believe Kendrick said that. But as a rapper, that's how you're supposed or, to or, be. Or nobody wanted to compete. Right. Nobody wanted to compete. Right. So as a rapper, that's how you're supposed to feel as you're the best. And especially being a younger rapper, I don't think, like I said, it was a media train answer. I do think he wants to be. You, you can't be in something and not want to be the best. No matter if it's well, rap music or not. If you're at not, your job, you want to be the best at but, what you but do. But is that true? But is that true? So a lot of people are okay with being just mediocre. Not everybody likes competition. And to me, as a competitor, if you ask me, especially in front of the cameras, if you ask me, am I the best person doing my craft? And I say, I, 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 mean, I, I mean, you know, I'm nice, but, you know, we all nice. I don't want to hear that shit. I want to hear that I'm the nicest, <laughs> I'm the best, and if you don't like it, make a better record than me. Let's look at the numbers. Well, that's the that's the new generation. That's what I'm saying. That's the huge. Yeah, so that's, so that's where I draw the comparison between the, today's hip-hop is also today's NBA. I don't want to compete against my brother. I'd rather go play with him and play tiddlywinks and slap each other on the ass, no homo, <laughs> and high-five each other instead of competing and really figuring out who's the best at this shit. That's where I feel the culture is dying. These niggas is, is slowly but surely killing the culture. And I agree with that. And that's what I'm saying. But here's the here's the thing, too. I think we're looking way more into it than we need to as a society. And I'll tell you why. Lil Yachty, Lil Uzi Vert. I'm going to give you a bunch of names. Lil Yachty, Lil Uzi Vert, Kodak Black, 21 Savage. These are our four rappers that I named that are younger. Right. They're less than 24. They're pretty young. Those are also four rappers that I named that in a few years, you're going to be like, who the fuck is that? Who have no staying power. Have no staying power. So that's the difference. 
to me, if you don't have staying power in rap, you would never be a substantial artist. Because if you look at other rappers such as, like even even take it a little bit later, let's get out of the beginning pocket era. Let's take it 2006 up. Lil Wayne and Drake wanted to be better than motherfuckers. Right. It's 2017. Lil Wayne and Drake right. still want to be better straight, than people. He went straight at the guy who everybody said had the crown. They said it's they said it's Jay. Jay got the crown. Wayne said, "Okay, I'm gonna load up all the clips I can find and let all these bitches go." And he let go so many fucking clips that he got a phone call from the man that the man said, "Hey, young boy, I see you fucking coming." Exactly. Because you competing, fabulous. I'm competing. Exactly. So, so I agree with you on that, man. You still have the you still have our generation that we really grew up in. The Jadas, the Styles, the Fabs, the Joes, the M's, the Royces, you know, the Games, you know, the T.I.s, the, the Jeezys, who still care about competition and who still want to put out a good product and show that they can still, you know, you know, get in front of that microphone and put on a performance. The Rosés, you know, mm-hmm. they keep taking it down south. The, the Currencies, you know, these guys still like to perform, whereas these new generation guys, man. They, they got stage fright, man. They, they they can't handle it. That's exactly right. So like, yeah, you know, Drake went and made Meek a punching bag, but Meek was still willing to compete. You know, um, J Cole threw shots at Wale. Wale threw some shots back, but they but they but they panicked, but they but they but they muffin shots. <laughs> they muffins, you know. These guys are scared to compete. They're scared to get their hands dirty. And us, as true hip-hop heads and true hip-hop lovers, we suffer. The culture gets sucked dry. Yeah, they making money on the pop side. I don't even call this shit they're doing rap now, mumble rap. It's mumble pop with with a, with a rap beat to it. Yep. Because, you know, they, they ain't doing shit for us, man. But see, this is what I'm saying, is the people who really want to be... I guess the best, the best of their craft, they they uh, live longer in hip hop. These people that we're talking about right now, we're not going to remember Lil Yachty in a few years. And that's just a fact because I because, can take it. Because pressure, break, break, pressure breaks pipes, man. Exactly. You purify the gold, you got to turn up the heat. So, so I'll tell you, I'll give you a good, a good example of that. Would be, let's take a look at some other rappers that last few years had they haven't really substantiated. Um, we look at Rich Homie Quan. Rich Homie Quan was the biggest shit popping two years ago. Then Young Thug came along, got Rich One, Chromie Quan the fuck out of here. I mean, that's how it goes. Uh, Macklemore, he's gone. <laughs> He'll never have the impact that he had previously. Right. So nobody's checking for a Macklemore record. And you can go back each year even further than that. You can look at people like Soldier Boy, Mims, these people that come out with a few records and after this that, is they're why gone. I'm hot. Yeah. This is why I'm hot. Like, they're, they're gone because the thing is, they don't have the competition to get better. They're just making music to make money. And anytime you make music to make money, money is the root of all evil and you will fall. That's just a fact. So you got to yeah, do I mean, it for some type it, of passion. It's like my boy Don Q, man. Are you doing it for money or are you doing it for a legacy? If you're doing it for a legacy, We'll look around in five, seven, eight years, and you'll still be here. Right. If you're doing it for money, you got the money. So now what you doing it for? Exactly. My boy Chief Keith, nigga had two number one records. Where you at? Yep. He ain't going to be here. But you know what? My boy Currency ain't cracking the top ten. But you know what, bro? He has an occult following, and he's still here. Why? Because he's doing it for something more than what the music is. A young and up and coming. My guy Dave East, he already 
killing mixtapes, doing what he got to do while still making money. Because if you're trying to build a legacy, the money's going to come. Exactly. And that's the thing for me when it comes to these rappers. So you look at those rappers you just named, exactly. People who have a co-following. Like The thing is, people can sit here and joke all they want. Cause let's, take it, let's take it back to Joe Budden, right? People can sit here and be like Joe Budden. You know, the, the cool joke right after that, uh, that thing was Joe Budden pump it up. Got no other hit records. Everybody always goes back to that. But guess what? It's 2017. Pump It Up came out in 2003. Y'all still You're still talking about, about Joe Budden. Still fucking playing. You still you still playing with Joe Budden. People still talking about him. So he still has an an, an impact in the game. And they're trying to make him the spokesperson for hip hop. That's what they're trying to do every single time. To me, if they were not trying to make him the best person in hip hop, when he said his shit about Drake about his Views album being uninspired, people would have just left it at that. But the problem is they want to make him the spokesperson of hip hop, so they fine. care what he says. It's, it, absolutely, man. Joe is man. Joe is irrelevant, man. I mean, no, he's relevant. They try to say that he's irrelevant and they keep referring back to pump it up, pump it up. But you know what? That lets you know that because that record is always going to tip of your tongue when it comes to Joe Buttons. And tell me if you go to a basketball game, if you go to an NFL football game, anything like that, you don't hear that freaking record. Right. You hear the record. So Joe laughing all the way to the bank while y'all keep in movies. <laughs> so come on, man! This this guy is in Fast and the Furious with the Pump It Up record. This, Fast Stump and the Furious the ha- has a legacy. Stump the yard. Come on, man! This guy has stuff going on where he's going to continuously eat for the rest of his life, yo. At the end of the day, now, I don't know. Will Yachty be able to sit up there and interview with Joe in five years? I just don't see it. I can guarantee. I don't you see it based on track history. I don't see it. I can guarantee you that somewhere in some form of fashion, Joe Buttons will still be in in the culture. Eating and still be relevant in four or five years. Because, like I said, you could look at somebody else. For example, let's take a look away from, let's take it away away from Yachty real quick. Let's take it to somebody who I think was the Yachty before Yachty. Which, um, I love McConan. Got the club going up on the Tuesday. You not realize how big that record was? Yeah, he was fucking. He got Drake back in it. Yeah, and he's a part of OVO. So, oh, man, you, you and that record came out in 2014. Where the fuck you at? Exactly. So the thing is. My problem with the interview, and I didn't, I didn't want to go on a tangent about just musically, a musical, musical itself. But my problem with the interview was just the fact that he was asking questions that not a lot of people may care about, and the fact that he was pestering Yachty about certain things. Like I agree with kind of what Charlemagne the God said in the Brilliant Idiots podcast, which was, "You're sitting here and talking to little Yachty. Little Yachty says." I'm an outcast and you're saying you're not an outcast. So basically by saying you're not an outcast in that entire interview, you're treating him like an outcast. Exactly. So <laughs> just let him do what he got to do. If he says he's happy, let him be happy. I've been listening to Joe Bennett for a long time. This motherfucker has not been happy since his last album. He's a depression rapper. A depressing rapper. His last album was the happiest he's been in a while. So <laughs> just let it, just let it, just let it go, man. So like, that was my big issue with the interview. I actually really found myself liking Little Yachty more after the interview. Yeah, me too, man. As a person, not as an artist, just as a person, because you know, there's certain people who feel they have a rep, and as soon as somebody starts going off, they're like, you know what, man, fuck you, you ain't shit, and just rant. And he was 100 percent cool. He was like, I don't, I don't care when he said, yo, my nigga, relax. Yeah, because he was definitely getting into it, throwing his hat all over the place, just making a complete ass of himself. Exactly. So. I think that's why the internet favored um, Joe, but uh, Little Yachty more than Joe. But an interview and all the memes came was because of his his demeanor in the interview. But you guys just can't discredit somebody like that. Don't discredit Pump It Up. Pump It Up was not only a big record, but it was a hard record and it was lyrical. So don't discredit that. The same people who discredit that are discrediting Ja Rule. Um, 
outside of his fire festival who discredited oh, John man, Lewis. Oh man, hold on, wait, no, we just can't, we, we just can't breeze past. You know, <laughs> I don't want to just blaze past. No pun intended. You want to go to the, the fire, the, the concentration camp of a fire festival? So what happened with that man? So he was supposed <laughs> to put on the biggest show on this side of the moon. Yeah. Everybody flew in. Made their arrangements. Tickets from a thousand to twenty thousand. Tickets ranging from a grand to twenty bands. Put in time. Asked they fucking stank ass boss. Could they get off work? Had to find fucking babysitters for their funky ass kids. <laughs> Flew into town to hear what? To hear absolutely not a goddamn thing. Because the motherfucker had to cancel because of why? What? what, what why did they cancel it? They canceled it because they were not prepared is the word that they used. That they was unprepared after niggas had spent between a thousand to twenty thousand dollars on tickets. First of all, if you're under twenty four you're, you're, you're years old and you're spending twenty thousand dollars on anything Ja Rule related, you deserve all that shit that happened to you. Because you wasn't alive for these Ja Rule hit records. All right. Was he, he was, supposed to perform? Uh Ja Rule? Or was he just hosting? From what I understand, he was just hosting. <laughs> it was, his name was a tie to it because of the, the gentleman who he was involved with was a younger entrepreneur they both went into business and decided to make this entire festival happen so they booked acts so acts like blink 182 migos those people were supposed to be these uh you know headlining acts which my thing is really fucked up if you're gonna see here because this is the story that came out and we'll talk more about what the festival happened but if you're gonna sit here and text these artists say hey do not come to the festival don't you think you tell everybody else Right? What the hell? So what you so you really think people gonna get a refund? There's lawsuits. There's lawsuits of upwards of a hundred million dollars that are out right now. People got the refunds, but they're facing a hundred million dollar plus lawsuits. All because you was trying to make some money. Now you could potentially owe motherfuckers money. Right. And my thing is, look, it was at the Bahamas. Wow. And these dumbasses the flew Bahamas. You're spending, and if you spend more than the grand to do anything Bahamas related, you deserve everything that happened to you. Let me ask you this: because you can go on a did, cruise for three hundred bucks. Let me ask the you this: Did any of the artists promote the event themselves? Yes. So they, so so they, so they themselves believed that they were going to the Bahamas to perform, and not only that, because they paid them. That's what it was. So they got, so they got their bread. For example, a, a bunch of celebrity models did the same thing. Kendall Jenner promoted it because they paid her to do that so they made pay they paid a bunch of people to promote the, this oh, so they paid people to promote who made that even particularly was going to show up at exactly the event. she Got was it. not going to show up to the event but they paid her to promote like i said there's five lawsuits one is worth 100 million dollars that alleged fraud breach of contract breach of uh covenant good faith negligent misrepresentation a whole bunch of things happened now jaru on twitter he put out a statement a damage control statement which you know what that's what it was Basically saying, you know, we want to provide a once in a lifetime musical experience on the islands due to circumstances out of our control. How is that out of your control that you did not have everything ready? Yeah, no, nah, that's definitely that's that's a hundred percent within your control. In your control. What the hell you mean? In your control. What the fuck you mean? No, what's out of your control is is fifty don't back down. That's what that, that's what's out of your control. <laughs> what's out of your control is Wangster. That's what's murder. out of your control. I don't I'd murder. You I don't believe murder. you. Shit like that is out of your control. <laughs> but when you put it on the show. Or you try to put on a collective act and you're not prepared, you control that. Now, let me tell you, conspiracy theorist Joshua, let's give some background here. So what happened was nah, just, we, nah, long we, story we, we short. Need, we need the X-File music right here. 
Long, long story short, here's what happened. People showed up to the island. They got there. There was a bunch of unfinished tents, and tents looked like FEMA camp, concentration camp type tents. Oh, no. People go to the buffet. There's, mind you, everything's supposed to be luxury, right? Right. So they tell everybody where we're supposed to Five put- Five star shit. Five star shit. So they tell everybody where we're supposed to put our stuff. They said, hey, we're getting everything ready. Go out to the beach and go grab something to eat at the place. Sounds awesome. Sounds great, right? Sounds everything right. sounds good so far. I, I'll fuck with that. You know, if I was a white boy beach. over there, I'd be like, rock hard, man. I'm ready for Get it. Get me a Budweiser <laughs> and a goddamn burger. <laughs> Want a motherfucking yingling, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so, we're keeping American. <laughs> so they go and walk their ass to the fucking beach. At some point when they're on the beach, they're like, what's going on? This stuff, it, it there's nothing going on. Like, we've been waiting. It's just they too were waiting good for like to an hour, be two true. hours, right? So they go find somebody. They're like, I'm hungry. So I'm going to go grab some so Damn, so they had these niggas on the beach with no food. No food. So they're like, I'm going to go grab get some food, but there's no food down there. <laughs> so they go to the cafe spot. Dude hands them a styrofoam container. Now, mind you, everything's supposed to be luxury. So if I spend 15 grand for something, you better come out with the 12 ounce filet mignon. Because niggas been hyping it up. Exactly. Kylie Jenner hyping it up. My boy brings out the styrofoam container. They open up the styrofoam container. Like we eat it back at home in the hood. <laughs> Get they you got the, like the, you the Chinese untoasted pot. bread with one slice of cheese. Get the fuck out of it. They got pictures. Yes. <laughs> yes. The untoasted bread with a slice of cheese. <laughs> Yo, get the fuck out of here, Ja Rule. Wait a minute. Wait, I got you haven't seen a picture? <laughs> I ain't seen no pictures with uh, of, of the of the accommodations. Oh, let me show you this real quick, because you're gonna have a great Oh yeah. They yo, come th- you can't even toast the bread. They come through with the untoasted bread. It's my, I already have to carry my shit around because ain't, ain't no hotels ready, apparently. You tell but me there to, was no hotels. Like, t- they promised them villas and got tents. You t- damn. You tell me to go down to the beach and get something to eat while you get your shit together. I get downstairs. Get the fuck out of here. Let me see this. Ah, <laughs> there you go. I had to show you this photo. That was their lunch. Bro, I'm, 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 I'm looking piece at of bread. your class. I'm looking at this now. Cheese. This shit is a piece. Lettuce, tomatoes with no two sauce. Pieces, <laughs> two pieces of Swiss cheese. Where's Ja? With, with, uh, with two pieces of untoasted wheat bread. Duh. Some some stale-ass romaine lettuce. Duh. That looked like they took it from, a, from another salad. <laughs> And three thick ass tomatoes uncut. No mayo, <laughs> no mustard, no ketchup, no packets. <laughs> ja. Yo, like, you know what you that, you know what that looks Irv? like? Where's Irv? You got some. Let me talk to Irv. <laughs> you know what that you know what that photo looks like? I'm gonna tell you what that that photo looks like. This photo looks like when you were a kid and you wanted to grab something to eat, your mom said you're not gonna eat anything, so you try to make something behind her back. So you didn't want to toast the bread, you just got a piece of bread and put a slice of cheese in it. That's what that shit looked like. Yo, Ja, yo, Ja gave niggas hood sandwiches. Word. And mind you, these are people who paid fifteen and tried to put niggas in and tried to put niggas in tents that you pitch in the backyard. Yes. So, okay. So there was obviously there was more. So people started getting upset, right? I'm taking you guys to the break. So people so. started looking around and getting saying, upset. "What the hell's going on?" Yo, where's where's my Blink One Eighty Two, man? So all the small <laughs> things. <laughs> so they start getting upset and they start protesting on the island if you haven't seen that so they go to a container like you know there's videos of the people protesting videos of people protesting yo john this is bad so people go to the containers and they're like yo where's my where's my luggage man and they're just throwing luggage out of the fucking container at people 
They're not even paying attention. It's dark, no lights. They just throwing luggage out. Just, just treating the people like some savages. Like some savages. So the smart people who got there immediately and said, yo, some shit is not right. They went on their fucking apps and they booked a hotel nearby in the Bahamas and stayed there. And they was Gucci. And they were good. But some niggas was just left out high and dry. And then the people who decided to book a hotel realized they're all booked. Damn. It's the Bahamas. <laughs> it's the Bahamas. It's the spring. And they're, they are all booked up. So people left. They started getting people out there. They were sleeping at the airports overnight. People now, were sleeping at the airports because Ja Rule could not get his act together. Right. Now, let me tell you where conspiracy theorist Joshua comes into play. Conspiracy theorist Jay Deluxe comes into play. I think that shit was on purpose. Explain. I think it was a social experiment to see how rich people would react in an environment like that. And how did they react? Like fucking savages. Now, mind you, bro, that to me, that's more believable than the act what actually happened so at let the me festival. Just paint the picture. So these niggas flew from all over, yes, to the Bahamas, yes, and had paid tickets ranging from a thousand to twenty grand, to twenty thousand dollars. And before you get any further, they believed they would be having a luxury experience and staying in this, villas. This is including your your room and board, room and board, which is supposed to be villas as well as top five star restaurant eatery. They're supposed to feed you some fire food in the Bahamas. Yes. <laughs> they were supposed to feed some amazing, amazing food in the Bahamas. That's fucking ridiculous. That's unbelievable. And they got what they get instead. That one save a lot bamboo. piece of molded, molded bread with the fucking save a lot cheese. That's what they got. They got bamboozled and shafted. Yep, exactly. So, and the thing is, <laughs> so they believe, mind you, they believe they're going to like this restaurant experience. And when they go sit down to eat that prison meal, oh, damn. <laughs> they get a tent with plastic chairs. Like, so it'd be like me and you were setting up a barbecue and we got a small little tent with plastic chairs. A that's side of the road barbecue. Pull, that's pull what on they up. And our food at the barbecue would definitely be better than that. Damn, man. I'm disappointed, man. Draw rule from Queens, man. I know some good niggas from Queens, man, and, <laughs> and you know. But the thing is, you're too young to remember job, man. So why are you spending? But you're not. But see, but that's, but that's what we was talking about earlier. You're not going for job. Music is timeless. Okay, but so the thing you can is, like Blink One Eighty Two and B Fifteen. Okay, so Blink One Eighty Two. Like the Migos. You said the Migos were going. Why people will just go for the Mr. Fucking Migos? Ah, oh, shit, Black right. Beatles. But I would not. I'll be honest. If I had to spend twenty grand that to go to the Bahamas, or twenty right. grand to go to the Bahamas, Black I would have Migos. to. Migos? Huh? I don't even think that's right. What about Migos? Is Black Migos? Is Black Beatles the Migos? No, that's Ray Sherman. Yeah, sorry, wrong fucking yeah. t-shirt. My t-shirt's <laughs> fucking white. <laughs> some shit. Bougie, bad and bougie. So my thing is, if you have this festival that's happening, the only way I would go to a festival like that and spend anywhere more than a grand would be if you tell me Jay-Z, Eminem, Nas are performing. Jay-Z, Eminem, Nas, and Drake. Shit. And Jay-Z, Eminem, Nas, Drake, Bahamas, I'm going. Blink one eighty two, the Migos. But why? But why? But 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 that's the same era. Blink one eighty two was in our time period. They was on fucking TRL running numbers. Right, but if you think an eighteen year old, nineteen year old knows who Blink one eighty two is, yeah, I mean, why? Not? I mean, it's possible. It they, is possible. They know. They know fucking. You know, people. Come on, bro. People know fucking like you know fucking. So you tell me that people don't know like Creed. Come on, people, come on. Music is timeless. I want to see the lineup for the festival. I just can't believe I'm more. I can't believe that he that Ja Rule had his name out front and center. 
and people paid up to twenty bands <laughs> to, to 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 do this shit. I'm like, and what made these motherfuckers think that they could do this, pull this shit off in the Bahamas? And the thing was, it was supposed to be a festival. Uh, they did it at a festival that apparently the land was owned by Pablo Escobar. So you really took two things that ended terribly. Ja Rule and Pablo Escobar put them together and you expect it to be a great outcome. Like, are you serious? So here was the lineup. Okay, so here was the lineup that was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be Tyga. <laughs> okay, I should just stop That's reading. That's where you fucked up right there. I should just stop reading. Major Laser. Okay. Pusha T. Migos. Designer. Little Yachty. Matoma. Le Youth. Claptone. Lee Burridge. And Blink-182. Blink-182 just seems so out of place there. They do, right? So, you book Tyga. So, you have three things going for you. Tyga, Jaru, Pablo Escobar. What out of those three is going to end up amazing? If they don't get the fuck out of here with the fire Festival, man. And then you have the Jenner girl promote the, the, the Jenner girl promoting the shit. Right, right. Kendall Jenner. They paid her to promote it on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all fucked up. Right. So, like I said, this was a terrible festival, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> obviously we knew we knew what the deal was once that shit happened. So, I just, I really feel bad for Ja because your name is attached to two things. Like, Ja should be able to just fade into the limelight, come out, sing What Would I Be Without You, and just go back to his fucking turtle uh, hole and be fine. Like, he shouldn't be having to deal with uh, none of this stuff. So, yeah, man, in the words of Kendrick, man, damn. Can't believe that shit happened. So they'll deal with the they'll deal with the uh lawsuit. So we'll get we'll see what the what the hell happens with that. I'm not worried about it because obviously I'm not stupid enough to pay twenty grand to go to the Bahamas. I could just spend three hundred bucks, take a cruise and have my fill with, see, with better the, food. See, that's what the smart person would have did. They just would have went on a cruise to the Bahamas. You know what I'm saying? And then just, you know, watch the festival on the beach. Because, you know, the beach is public property. So, fuck it. Just watch it right there from the beach. Right. Exactly. So, you know, it is it is what it is. Um, I don't give a fuck. I don't feel bad for them. They're going to get the money in the lawsuit. You already know that. So, I guess we'll see. We'll see what happens. But, side note, let's, you know, take it back to Kendrick Lamar, man. So, Kendrick Lamar came out with his uh, record. Dang. How do you feel about the Kendrick record? Let's, let's just go there. I want to. Because you got a hot take on this record. All right, Skip. All right, Skip Bayless, you got a really good hot take on the Kendrick Lamar record. Um, people have been hailing it as one of the best hip-hop records to come out. What is your feeling about this Kendrick Lamar record? I mean, first off, a uh, shout-out to uh, K-Dot, uh, you know, for putting together a... Um, That's how you know you're about to shit on somebody you say shout-out to. <laughs> shout-out to my mans before I shout- tear your ass up. I'm sure your buddy <laughs> said shout-out to Lil Yachty and then went in. Um. Shout out uh my man K Dot man on the um on a great on a great effort where he um you know where he was able to dupe the people into feeling oh, shit. into feeling that that he shook up the culture. Wow. Um I mean I just feel like, you know, I'm kinda over the day and age where what these where what the rapper can do is a rapper with a rapper the quality of Kendrick or Drake or what have you or Wale, whoever you want to put, a J. Cole, when they talent, you know, supersedes the competition, what they're able to do in such a saturated market is put, is half-step in the effort. And the effort sounds decent or more than okay. 
and the and the culture just jumps on it and hails it as the holy grail and this is the best thing since sliced bread. When at the end of the day, when you look around at the competition, they didn't have to put in much work to get that amount of praise, if that makes sense. So that's all that I'm saying. I'm just saying that these niggas is really they re- they giving us work that's good, that's decent work, but it's but it's really C quality work, and motherfuckers is giving it an A plus work. You know what I'm saying? The curve is so crazy due to the rest of the class being so stupid. God if that damn. makes sense. Okay, so what you're saying, I get what you're saying, and I agree with it with some artists, but I'm we're talking about Kendrick here. He had Good Kid, Mad City to Pimp a Butterfly, and now damn. Mm. Good Kid, Mad City Let's was stop. amazing. He also had Section 80. To that, Section that but Section Mad 80 City. was a mixtape. But it was still quality work. It and, was. And it sold as if it was an album, and it was received as if it was an album. Okay, it, so. So you, so you know what I'm saying? Just like I don't want to hear nobody tell me now, oh, that that Drake's so far gone was a was a was a mixtape. Yeah, it, it was when he first put the shit out, but look at it now, the shit is bigger than that. It's not just a it's not just a mixtape anymore. You can't use that. Okay, so the thing let's just take all of those in consideration. I don't think it's as bad as you do. I think To Bimper Butterfly, it was an impactful album. It was not for me because it was more political, but I think this album was actually pretty good. This album I didn't say it wasn't good, but uh, but it, this album was also political, um if you ask, if, if we read between the lines as well. It was, but not as political as To Pimper Butterfly. Uh yeah, not even close to just look at the <laughs> album. Just look at the album cover for Pimper Butterfly. But but my whole thing is is that let's look at let's let's examine uh um the Mad City record. That was that record amazing. was amazing. Amazing. Right? That's the closest to a classic the last five years. It's just, that a lot of people put the C's uh, up Cole, on that. A lot, people, a lot of people put put the C's up on that record. Yeah. So for you to come back with the Pimple Butterfly, we'll give you that. We'll give you the political one because it was definitely um interesting times. Okay. As usual in the United States. <laughs> So for you to come back with with this record here, where would you rank it when looking at the other quality of work that Kendrick has done? The prior, and I put Section 80 in that as well. So the prior three records compared to this one, where does it rank then? Does it still rank as such a quality pop body of work, even even amongst his own? Well, we're ranking Works. we're ranking this more closely to the Kendrick recently. We're not taking it back to the Black Wall Street days with K Dot and J Rock. Um, but Mad City wasn't the Black Wall Street. No, 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 days. it was not. It was not. But I'm not saying I'm not taking it back. No, it was I'm not taking 80. it as far back. Section 80 to me, Section 80. I didn't even mention the K Dot days. I just mentioned him just no, by no, that no, name. I, I, I think just, that name is cooler. I was giving this out there because I want people to realize how broad uh, Kendrick actually goes back to. Um, yeah, a lot of yeah, a lot of the class might be too. Might, might, sad as it is to say, <laughs> I don't even want to say too young. They might, they just might not even be too um too, too hip. hip. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I would say. I like Good Kid, Mad City, Section 80, but I would put Damn ahead of Two Pimp Butterfly. That's me. Because I did not enjoy the Two Pimp Butterfly record. Um, no, I mean, I'm not I, mean as hard. I mean, he had some joints. I'm not as hard as you are about it, but here's Yeah, I'm critical. Is, here's my thing is. On everybody. <laughs> here's my thing. I just think that now we consume music a lot differently. I'm mm. from the I'm from the type of era where, hey. Explain that. Explain that. I, I like that. You know. Yeah, I, like, I, I like that. I like that as a, as a defense. How do we consume music differently? We do because we're from, the, we're from that cloth where, hey, if somebody comes out with a record, if you got one hit single on that record, that entire record better be fire. You're not going to hit me with two good songs. In yeah, nah, nah. If I'm putting my time into listening to your music, I can't do two songs. Right. So people who listen to the, who are hailing the Kendrick to, uh, Kendrick damn joint 
as amazing piece of work they're hailing two songs yeah two which two, is exactly and that and, and you know what i think you did a very good job of cleaning that up for me i'm not saying that kendrick is trash or anything like that i'm just saying that the body of work isn't 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 what people are making it out to be exactly people are making it out like the whole body of work right just shook up hip-hop and it's amazing and we should put this in a vault and give it to our children when <laughs> dude it was like two or three records that were rocking really hard and because you got be humble which is the record that everybody knows that's all the over dna the place. shit a uh, dna and then you got a ducksworth and that's it and that's it that's that's it. Like there's no Thank other, you. you. There's no other records that stand out. In you should album. just put those three records out <laughs> and just put the rest of the put EP out. So, no, I do agree that it's not. But the thing is, just like you said, when people consume music a certain way, people hail anything that sounds better than Lil Yachty and Twenty One Savage is God. Anything it's, that you can understand exactly seems to get critical acclaim. Exactly. Um, but that goes back to other rappers too. Like for example, um, there's certain rappers like we talked earlier about Drake views. Right. Views. People remember views more than than they remember more life. More life is way better than views. I agree. And people are not going to remember more life. So it all comes down to what it comes down but to yet, as far as yet, what but, the single is. But yet, let us go back as, as we watch this game and this clown-ass nigga Kyle Lowry ain't playing again. I, I can't stand Kyle Lowry. He, he about to get, he's going to get the bag. I, I can't stand Kyle Lowry. He's, he's getting the bag. He's a Kyle free agent Lowry. next year. <laughs> On a side note, but I, but I digress. <laughs> Damn, Dad, I digress. <laughs> but but even if you look at that record, um, he he came harder lyrically. The beats was better. The song structure was better. But but views with but yet when more life came out, people act. People thought it was that it they they really act like for that moment it shook up hip hop. But I'm like, bro. But when you look around two three weeks later. It had no impact. It didn't that's my much. point. It had zero impact. That's my point. And that's why me as a person. It wasn't so far gone. Oh, hell no. It wasn't even that. You see what I'm saying? But here's my here's me as a person. This is how I consume <clears> music. <throat> Would be, I don't listen to music immediately when it comes out because everybody thinks anything that's brand new is amazing. No. I give it about a few, few weeks. I listen to it on my own. I decide whether or not it's good. But within that few weeks, people stop talking about it. So I've been seeing a lot of things about Dan by Kendrick. Things have been slowing down lately. Give it about a good two or three weeks. People are going to forget about it. I have so, to remember see, so a record. I, I, so I think also what's happening in this in this day and age as well is that people are the way we consume music. To your point, is also is a microwave culture. They want the music now. They want to give it to me now. Let me digest it now, so I can shit it out now, and now give me something else. Right. You know what I'm saying? Look at the people cannot consume the music fast enough. That's how you end up with some artists you know, putting out endless, endless amounts of music, or you can have an artist do the extreme reverse where they'll, where they'll starve their fans for music, i.e. an Adele who will only drop a record every three, four years, and then it comes out, and yeah, the record's hard as shit, but people are going to consume it by the fucking masses because they know she's going to go into a fucking cocoon again, and uh, to a mm -hmm. closet again, and that come out. So, I don't know, man, it's weird, but then you have the oversaturation like niggas like Khaled, who's fucking just <laughs> Oversaturating the game with the with, with fucking music, Jesus Christ, and people man. just eat it up, man. So I mean, the way there's so many different ways that that people consume music, man. This this younger generation, and we're still, I mean, we're on the tail, of, you know, we were kind of the we're on the back end of it, but but man, that I don't know, man. I think that 18 to 35 demographic is just 
ridiculously crazy. They are, and I'll tell you one of my biggest. Uh, and this takes it. We'll take it back full circle to the DJ Academics Joe Budden Little Yachty interview. One thing that I like that Joe Budden did was call DJ Academics out and say, "Hey, when I played this record for you, you didn't know who it was, and you asked me who it was, and I told you, don't worry about it. Do you like it? And you said yes, and you finally figured out who it was. People hold artists by names." That's so true. that's why every single time, like, for example, me and my girl went to the, the we bring it back again. We went to the Joe Budden show in Tampa. My girl's not a Joe. She's a Joe Budden fan, but she like Imani a lot better. She's a right. R&B person. We go over there. She posts videos up on Facebook. Niggas is coming out with the pump it up jokes. Yo, this that clown who did pump it up. They're not listening to the new shit. And that's the same as any other rapper. So the thing about somebody like, let's say, Kendrick, people are focused on that Be Humble record. Nobody's going to listen to anything else in between. I'm not saying the records between, uh, obviously, DNA, Be Humble, and Ducksworth are terrible records. They're, gr- they're good records, but they're not amazing. So right. people hold on to one or two records, and they claim it's a classic. Drake has not had a classic album since Take Care. Right. So I don't understand where this generation goes. To me, man, really, so, I mean, I, I, I mean, but, so I, I definitely agree with that breakdown that you gave. Um, name recognition definitely does play a... Uh, a, a huge part in it for sure i think that also you know played a role in the um you know here recently in the 50 net being on the chris brown tour because 50 looking for a bigger piece of the pie maybe than what he was entitled to you know so maybe yeah 50 should not be 50 should be headlining that tour in my opinion i mean i don't know man chris breezy man that place was packed man the the, the, the women love chris brown and if fabulous was on the tour too yeah i don't know man 50, 50, <laughs> 50 might have been placed correctly um on that tour, but he's asking for a bigger piece of the pie, and understandably so. You know, he got an ego, and he's a prideful businessman. So they put they um everybody declined um to make that happen. But I definitely agree with you, man, and where you're coming from, and on how we consume consume music and name recognition. Because how many people right now would go see the uh, what's this guy name who did the all gold everything gold um what's that fucking rapper's name? Oh shit! Gold all on my wrist, gold all on my neck. Ain't nobody trying to go see him rap. Nobody, you know, what I'm saying perform nowhere. Trinidad James. Trinidad James. Anybody trying to go? But he had a hit record. Anybody trying to go see him perform nowhere? Whereas my guy Ace Boogie with the hoodie right now, anywhere he go, lockdown sold out. So yep. I don't know, man. It all depends on. By know. the way, it's just Ace Boogie now. He got rid of the hoodie. Oh, he got rid. Of he the got hoodie. rid of the hoodie. A Boogie. Shout out to you, man. You be in Tampa. You can slide through the show, too. Shout out that uh the guy, uh, <clears throat> the big homie, man, Famous Kid Brick, man. And uh, the Just Like Gucci record. I did say that, you know what I mean? I was going to shout them niggas out, man. All right. That's what's up, man. I, I know who Famous Kid Brick is, so shout out to him. Um, All right, man. So let's take it. Let's real quick. We can wrap it up real quick. Um, Like I said, we were talking about people going to see concerts, man. Dude, I really think. You should go to this Boom Bat Festival in Miami, Boom bro. Bat Festival in Miami. Son. Who's going to be there? I got the whole lineup right here. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Hold you, up. Now, my, I wanted hold people up, to realize I, this shit I, I starts at like. I don't want people like, to miss nothing. Go ahead. This Go ahead. shit starts at 3 o'clock to like midnight. <clears throat> you got Ms. Moolah. Hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Are you starting from the bottom? From the you... bottom. From the bottom okay, up. Okay. Okay. This is going to be. We got Ms. Moolah, Elohim. And this is Cyril. for the Miami Boom Bap Festival. Yep. It's going to be at the Wasco Center, the Miami at the Wasco Center. Um, Big Shug, Jeru the Damaja, Camp Low, The Beat Nuts, Smith & Wesson, MOP, P. 
Pete Rock and CL Smooth and Smoke Dizza, Legacy, Prime, which is DJ Premier and Royce the Five Nine, okay, Orion Pax, Raekwon, The Locks, and DMX. Hey man, that's a hell of a lineup, man. Especially with those two last killers, The Locks, DMX. Raekwon, you said. Raekwon, Royce. You said Royce the Five Nine. Royce the Five Nine. And it's in Miami. And Miami. the show start like at it 3, starts 4 at o'clock. three three o'clock. It ends at like midnight. So you got eight hours of just pure hip hop. Pure hip hop heads, man. It's the Boom Bap Festival. What is it called? The Boom Bap Festival. Boom, Boom Bap, Bap Festival. All-Stars. They call it Boom Bap All Stars. Boom Bap All Stars down there in Miami. Tickets Go check are it like out. What's the date? Uh, this is going to be May 13th. May 13th. Which is a man. Saturday. Tickets are $100. Nice. Front row, you can spend twenty dollars general admission. But if you guys are traveling out from anywhere between Tampa or something like that, you're probably better off getting a hotel because, like I said, it's going to end at midnight. You don't want to drive four hours in the middle of the night. Nah, hell nah, man. So get those accommodations right, man. And y'all go check out. I'm still up in the air whether or not I'm gonna go. I'm thinking about going. I'm, I'm almost. I mean, it's there. just. I mean, it's a short commute for us, man. Yeah, you it's know. like it's a hundred bucks, bro. Like, come on. A hundred bucks. Hundred yeah, bucks. You see, like- DMX, Jacob, J- uh, you know, locks. Uh, Raekwon and Royce, that's worth it by itself. But at the Boom Bat Festival, Pete Rock and Seal Smooth, Troy, they remember this over you. Come on, man! I tell you, when the first time I, my girl said, uh, she, I said, "Who's Pete Rock?" She said, "Oh, this is my jam." You hear? As soon as you hear that damn, what was that? The saxophones? You know what's happening? I said, "Yo, this is they reminisce over you." She said, "I don't know that record." I can tell you right now, I almost threw out the car. That's fucking hilarious. I almost hit it with that Gucci man. Gucci, Gucci. All right, man. So. We approaching the one minute mark, man. A one one hour mark, man. So you know what like I said, we we are back. So feels good to be back, man. You know we had to handle some administrative bullshit, but <laughs> we're gonna be right in y'all face, man. From here to the end, from here to the end of the summer, on until the fall. Um, I'm trying to get some interviews lined up for y'all, man, so we can do that. Next time, we definitely gotta get some NBA talk in because you know, we'll definitely like we'll the do that. And the Warriors, it's gonna happen. To just make it part know, three. Make it look easy part three we'll definitely we'll definitely get that going on and you know just just for the fans and and whatnot um i'm gonna well try to get one in before memorial day weekend i'm out that weekend uh being on fort lauderdale beach chilling hopefully i'll have my culture academy shirt which we'll look to get those for you guys yeah man y'all be on the lookout for the um for the up and coming culture academy merch uh we're gonna bring that to y'all we're gonna i'm trying to do um Shirts and tank tops, man. Yes. I feel we should do shirts and tank tops I for agree. the ladies. I agree. So y'all get ready. We come up with the Culture Academy merch. Um, so y'all can bang out with us, man. If you're a pure fan of hip hop and know the culture, you're definitely gonna want to get one of those, man. Yeah. Looking out for the fellas and and for the ladies. We in Florida, it's hot as fuck out here, yo. So Damn right. <laughs> so we got a rep right for the culture, but we also gonna look fly, man. So y'all fuck with us, man. The Culture Academy. And the merch that's coming. Yeah, exactly. So we'll definitely get that out for you. All right, then. Like, you know, again, we'll we'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully, Joe Button don't piss nobody else no, off. No, hopefully, Joe Button piss somebody else <laughs> off and bring your ass on the show when you come down to Tampa. Hey, I'm up for it. Like I said, uh, it's, it was a great experience out there. But yeah, man. So, yep, we'll be we'll be back. And again, as always, you can follow us on Instagram at the Culture Academy Podcast. We need our Facebook following up. So Facebook, search the Culture Academy Podcast. Uh, we'll be I'll make sure to have more out there for you guys and be more in touch with the with you guys directly. Uh, so definitely hit us up, but and hit you up at uh, well hit I, I got rid of my Instagram, so I don't. I don't oh, have so Instagram. you Instagram dead? Now. Yeah, I'm Instagram dead because I just I, I I deal with more of the podcast page of it rather than my own personal page. Yeah, so, I like that. I kind of want to build the Twitter following too because Twitter right, world is crazy. Right, so we can definitely get on that. If you guys hit me up at Twitter, my name is the real D, 
J Deluxe, the real Deluxe. Uh, hit you up on Instagram at Ricky Tanri. Ricky Tanri, switching it up. Um, and yep, as always, hit the Instagram for the Academy page, the Culture Academy podcast. Hell so, yeah, man! Share, like, and listen. Follow. Yep. We on everything iTunes. I promise we won't leave you guys stranded like the Fire Festival. All right, we'll be back. <laughs> right, so we good. We got Class more. Than the, dismissed, we got more man. than the prison sandwiches. Right at the cafeteria, just like you said. Class dismissed. We'll <laughs> toast that bread before we give it to you guys. Get the all right. Hell out of here, man. <laughs>